Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for Proverbs. This will be kind of similar to the Psalms. I'm going to do a summary of, of Proverbs since there are so many of them. And uh, this will kind of combine them all into one. This is uh, some of the titles or the topics. There's going to be wisdom, trusting in the Lord, the words we speak, pride, friendship, raising children, happiness, and good humor. In the Bible dictionary, it mentions about Proverbs. It says the Hebrew word rendered proverb is mashal, a similar a similitude or parable, but the book contains many maxims and sayings not properly so called and also connected poems are of, of considerable length. There is much in it that does not rise above the plane of worldly wisdom, but throughout it is taken for granted that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The least spiritual of the Proverbs are valuable as reminding us that the voice of divine inspiration does not disdain to utter homely truths. The first section, chapters 1 through 9, is the most poetic and contains an exposition of true wisdom. 10 through 24 contain a collection of proverbs and sentences about the right and wrong ways of living. 25 to 29 contain the proverbs of Solomon that the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. 30 to 31 contains the burden of Agur and Lemuel, the latter including a picture of the ideal wife arranged in acrostic form. The book is frequently quoted in the New Testament, the use of chapter 3 being specially noteworthy. The wisdom proverbs, uh, one, the fear or reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Kind of similar to 2 Nephi chapter 9. Oh, that cunning plan of the evil one. Oh, the vainness and the frailties and the, and the foolishness of men when they are learned, they think they are wise, and they hearken not unto the counsel of God, for they set it aside, supposing they know of themselves, wherefore their wisdom is foolishness, and it profiteth them not, and they shall perish. But to the learned is good if they hearken unto the counsels of God. Proverbs 2. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart, or treasure, to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. And then in Proverbs 3, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than the fi- than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that, that, that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her." In Ecclesiastes, it also says in chapter 7, For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. And then in verse uh, or chapter 15, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. 
Our lifestyle must make allowance for that need to deal with reality in our own lives. The disciple of Christ needs to expect the reproof of life and suffering. The suffering is that sweat that comes from working out our salvation. Suffering is on the agenda for each of us now. It's by Neil Maxwell. President Hinckley said, There is incumbent upon you, you who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the responsibility to observe the commandments, to incline to study and to learn, said the Lord. Seek ye out of the best books, words of wisdom. Seek learning even by study and also by faith. And then uh, a psalm regarding trusting in the Lord in Psalms 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from him. Remember that when Solomon was given an option to have anything that he wanted, that he asked for wisdom. I wonder if that's why a lot of these uh, sections, at least early on, are about wisdom. Absolute trust in the Lord will wake, will awaken a desire at least to try to live in accordance with Christ's teachings, chief of which is to love, not hate one another. And that was by President McKay. And Eldon Tanner often quoted Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. On one occasion he said, How much wiser and better is it, it is for man to accept the simple truths of the gospel and to accept as authority God the creator of the world and his son Jesus Christ, and to accept by faith those things which he cannot disprove and for which he cannot give a better explanation. He must be prepared to acknowledge that there are certain things, many, many things, that he cannot understand. How can we deny or even disbelieve God when we cannot understand even the simplest things around us? How the leaf functions, what electricity is, what our emotions are, when the spirit enters the body, and what happens to us when it leaves? How can we say that because we do not understand the resurrection, there is not or cannot be a resurrection? We are admonished to trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And we are warned, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight." Regarding the words we speak, Proverbs 6, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. And then in 16, an ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is, an, there is a burning fire. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. In 18, the words of a t- tally bearer or slander are as a tail bearer, I'm sorry, are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost part of the belly. 25, a man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a, is a, is a maul. And that's Hebrew for scatterer and some sort of war club, and a sword and a sharp arrow. In 16, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. In Proverbs 12, heaviness is the heart of man, waketh its stoop. Boy, that didn't make sense. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. In Proverbs 15, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. We seldom get into trouble when we speak softly. It is only when we raise our voices that sparks fly and tiny molehills become great mountains of contention. That was by President Hinckley. In all our daily pursuits in life, or whatever nature and kind Latter-day Saints, and especially those who hold important positions in the kingdom of God, should maintain a uniform and even temper, both when at home and when abroad. They should not suffer reverses and unpleasant circumstances to sour their natures and render them fretful and unsocial at home, speaking words full of bitterness and biting acrimony to their wives and children, creating gloom and sorrow in their habitations, making themselves feared rather than beloved by their families. Anger should never be permitted to to rise in our bosoms and and uh, 
Words suggested by angry feelings should never be permitted to pass our lips. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Wrath is cruel, and anger is outrageous. But the discretion of a man deferred, deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. That was by Brigham Young. Regarding pride... In Proverbs 8, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. In 13, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. When one considers the bad feeling and the unpleasantness caused by contention, it is well to ask, Why do I participate? If we are really honest with ourselves, our answers may be something like, When I argue and am disagreeable, I do not have to change myself. It gives me a chance to get even. I am unhappy and I want others to be miserable too. I can feel self-righteous and this will this way I get my ego built up. I don't want others to forget how much I know. If Satan can succeed in creating in us habits of arguing, quarreling, and contention, it is easier then for him to bind us with the heavier sins which cannot which can destroy our eternal lives. A contentious spirit can affect almost any phase of our lives. An angry letter written in haste can haunt us sometimes for years. A few ill-advised words can spoken in spoken in hate can destroy a marriage or a personal friendship or impede community progress. That was by Marvin J. Ashton. In 16, it says, Pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be an humble serv- a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Um, Dallin Oak said, pride does, not, pride does not look up to God and care about what is right. It looks sideways to man and argues who is right. Pride is manifest in the spirit of contention. Regarding friendship, Proverbs 13, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And 22, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man that thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. 17, a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. 27, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. And 18, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In raising children, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. And in Doctrine and Covenants, section 68, it says, And again, inasmuch as parents have children in Zion or in any of her stakes which are organized, that teach them not to understand the doctrine of repentance, faith in Christ, the Son of the living God, and of baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of the hands. When eight years old, the sin be upon the heads of the parents. For this shall be a law unto the inhabitants of Zion, or in any of her stakes which are organized, and their children shall be baptized for the remission of their sins when eight years old, and receive the the laying on of the hands, and they shall also teach their children to pray and to walk uprightly before the Lord." In Proverbs 19, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. In 29, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest, yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Regarding happiness and good humor, in 15, A merry merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. In 17, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. A wholesome sense of humor will be safety valve that will enable you to apply the lighter touch to heavy problems and to learn some lessons in problem solving that sweat and tears often fail to dissolve. That was by Hubie Brown. So that's all of the, uh, that's kind of the summary of uh, the Proverbs. So anyway, um, that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye.